The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to a very special Busted Open Podcast. I'm your host for this special episode, Keith Elliott Greenberg, and I am joined by the one and only Dave LaGreca, founder and host of Busted Open Radio, which has become an American institution, an international institution, and certainly something very near and dear to proponents of the one true sport. And speaking of the one true sport, we are in the midst of a very special weekend in the annals of professional wrestling. Not only do we have All In in front of a record crowd in London, England, but Dave LaGreca, is you, the host and founder of Busted Open Radio, is being inducted into a very unique Hall of Fame. Could you tell us about that, Dave? Yeah, it's the, uh, and thank you, Keith, for this. I appreciate it. It means a lot uh, having this conversation with you today. And it is a great honor. I'm going into the International Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, which is an actual physical Hall of Fame in the MVP arena in Albany, New York. So uh, Seth Turner... Uh, who runs the Hall of Fame, uh, called me up back in April uh, to ask if I would be a part of it. And uh, I am, and it means a lot to me. And it really, you know, it really, I, I think even more so for me, but for the Busted Open Nation have supported me over, you know, the last 14 to 15 years. Yeah, and that's an interesting thing to bring up. 15 years. You know, growing up, I used to occasionally get a remote staticky station on my radio where someone would be doing this fringe wrestling radio show. And I later learned from Bill after those people were generally paying for their time. This has really become an institution. And this was not an idea that was embraced. And we've spoken about this numerous yes. times, Dave. Let's talk about, I mean, you come from a family uh, where there's already Precedency. Your brother is a sports broadcaster. So how did you go into this field and end up taking a left turn toward the sport of Kings? Yeah, I, I've always wanted to do radio. I majored in communications in college and I was a part of my college radio station. But as you know, Keith, life takes you in another direction once you get out of school. And it took me in a completely different direction you know, marriage, home, um, 
and then a career in banking. I was a bank manager, but just as been, has been a repeated story in my life, lost a wife, lost a house, lost a career. And in that daze and confused state is when I decided I wanted to go after my first love, which was, which was radio. So I was, I got into radio later in life. I was, I was around 30 years old, you know, when I, when I got involved in radio, um, even though I had majored in it in, in college after school, I didn't work in radio at all after school. Um, you know, once I was done with school, my father left a stack of applications on our kitchen table and said, you're done with school. Now you work. So I never really had the opportunity to kind of like see what was out there. I, I had to co- immediately work. I started working at a bank and then I just started moving up within the ranks of working at that bank to the point I was a manager. And then I built a life around that career where I couldn't take a chance. But once I lost my, my marriage, I lost my home. That's when I said, all right, now I can take that chance and get involved in radio. And that was later on in life. And, you know, working for WFAN in New York, working for ESPN radio, working for the National Hockey League. Those were like the first three jobs that I had before I got the opportunity to work for Sirius XM. And it was in 2009 that myself and Doug Mortman got the idea of starting this wrestling show, which wasn't like, all right, I'm putting all my eggs in this basket. I had a full-time job at SiriusXM. This was kind of just like something on top of what we're doing just because of our love and passion for pro wrestling. And, and let's talk about where that comes from. Because it, this isn't a situation where you're already doing football and you're doing hockey, and they're like, oh, by the way, we've added to your responsibility. Pick up a copy of Pro Wrestling Illustrated and learn a little bit about wrestling. You were doing a wrestling show. This is something you actively lobby for. Yes, yes. This is, you know, Doug and I were like, no, we, we, we understand we're not going to get paid. And we know we already have our full-time duties. We want to do this because it's a project that we're very passionate about. And then, and then Keith, what happened is that it became a hit. So something that started off as one hour once a week just kept building and building from there where we had to make choices. Like Mike Riker, who was our original producer, he had to make a choice. Doug Mortman, who was a VP at Sirius XM, had to make a choice. I had to make a choice. My choice was to stay and be a part of Busted Open moving forward. And I believe all these years later, I definitely made the right choice. And it's been close to 15 years, am I yes. correct? April 28th, been... 2009 was the date of our first show. And it is now the number one sports show on Sirius XM. Yes, that, it is. is yep. Yes, it is. So what do you say to those who doubted you at the beginning? You know, yesterday or this week, I watched you live interview MJF. Mm-hmm. And he told a story about sitting in Madison Square Garden, and people were chanting HPK for Shawn Michaels. And he said to his father, that's what I want. People shouting three letters for me. And the father was like, well, that's a pipe dream, kid. You know, what do you say to all those people who were like, Dave, you're not going to do a wrestling radio show. Are you living on another planet? 
Oh, there's and there's a lot of those people. I mean, there's a lot of those people, Keith, that felt that way. And then I changed their mind through the course of time when they saw the success of that show. Keith, believe it or not, there are still people in that mindset. There, there are people that just won't accept that a pro wrestling show is as popular as it is. And I'm sure, Keith, you've probably felt that in your career where it's like, hey, you're a best-selling author. You're an award-winning writer. But it's for pro. But yeah, but it's for pro wrestling. It's like there's an asterisk. Yes, exactly. And there's still people. There's still people that uh, that feel that way. What I say to those people, and it's something that I had to adjust to, because a lot of those doubters, I let them affect me, and I wanted to win them over. It was almost like, all right, all these accomplishments, I'm finally going to win this person over, and it never happened. I had to let that go. I had to let go of that. There's people that just aren't going to accept it because of their ignorance. And there's a lot of ignorant people out there, um, even within these walls. So, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna win those people over. So fuck them. Like fuck those people. Like I'm gonna, uh, and it's uh, that. Believe me, that's a difficult thing to do. It's a lot, especially easier. when you're working in a very competitive field. Yes, where everybody has their own turf card down. And it's very easy for them. You know, it's no different than a wrestling locker room to say, well, this guy may be selling the most merch, but big deal. He's a gimmick. He's not an amateur wrestler. And it's hard to let that go. Um, but at the same time, you have to because it's better to let the anger go of the people that you're never going to win over and accept the love that you get from the people that do appreciate what you're doing. So, one of the things I've tried to learn to do is appreciate that love because there is a lot of love. Listen, here at SiriusXM, are there people that still doubt me and don't accept it? Absolutely. You know, you mentioned that MJF town hall. At one point during that town hall, I was more upset about the people who didn't come than the people that were there. And then I had to kick myself in the ass and Explain say, that, though. Explain what that means. Okay, because... Were- well, because at SiriusXM... I was hoping that this historic first ever busted open town hall was finally once again. All right. This is an accomplishment that's going to win over those people that doubt me. Their absence from that event showed me that they just don't care and I'm not going to win them over. So let me accept the people that did come, those executives that were there and did show us love. So that's, That's what I'm trying to embrace now is like, hey, this show is successful. It's been more successful than I ever could have dreamed of. There's people you're just not going to win over. So let me just appreciate the people that do appreciate what I'm bringing to the table. Okay, now let's do let's be a little bit like St. Paul on the road to Damascus. Um, There are people who can be converted. You know, they maybe they have an epiphany. What if you were preaching and you only have a 15-second pitch? What is it about pro wrestling that makes it so viable that you are now dedicating your life to it? It's the audience, Keith. It's the audience. It's the people that watch it. It's the people that consume it. It's people like you and I that built our lives around it. We're passionate fans. 
We love this. This isn't something that's very passive. And pro wrestling fans like myself want to consume everything. So if you give them a high-quality product that they appreciate and has credibility behind it, they will consume it and they will be loyal to you. Pro wrestling fans, to me, are the most loyal fans of any form of entertainment and any kind of sport. And, and you've and you've covered a lot of sports. Yes, and you know, and there's no doubt. So this is coming from somebody that has worked with the NFL, that has worked with the NHL. The the pro wrestling fan base is the most loyal and most passionate, and and the most intelligent fan base that I've ever worked for. In terms of just being analytical about the product that they're seeing. Yes. Does that come from it being a hybrid entertainment. I think so too. I think, I think, I think it is, is because over the, especially over the last 15 to 20 years, they've kind of opened up the doors to kind of let everybody in, you know, it's, it's not like, Hey, this is a closed club and you have to prove your law. No, we're opening these doors and everyone doesn't matter. Any kind of former life, any kind of religion, any, any kind of sexual orientation, you're all accepted here. It's about acceptance over rejection. And I don't know if you could say that about a lot of forms of entertainment. Well, you, you, you cannot, but, but for all the sniping and all the judgmental comments you read on Twitter, I do agree with you that at its core, we are all wrestling fans. And maybe we're all part of the same fringe. Hence, there's a bond there because there's an understanding that to the, re- the rest of the world doesn't completely get it. Yeah, and I think it's, uh, it's one of those things where if you love it, then there's no explanation needed. And if you don't, there's no explanation that will ever it's be sufficient. accepted. Yeah, it's, right. it's it's there's there's no way you could take a non fan that doesn't get it and make them understand why you love it and why you're so passionate about well, it. Well, I think that you know, look, we have this talk all the time. In fact, when I was at the MJF town hall and I was waiting to get in, I was talking to um, two uh, attendees who were listeners, and one of them, we, they were talking about their wives. And their wives weren't necessarily wrestling fans, but one guy could now bring his wife to live events and she could enjoy herself. And the other one was fine. The other guy said his wife was finally seeing the humor and would sometimes make references to pro wrestlers she's seen on TV and say, oh, look, there go. That that guy looks like one of the Usos. So something is being penetrated. To me, it reminds me a little bit like you live in New York City, where I grew up, and, you know, you you can live in very isolated neighborhoods. You know, when I was growing up, the Jewish people would live here. The Irish people would live here. The Chinese and the Koreans were over here. But every day you're getting on the subway and you're rubbing against those people. And some of their culture is seeping into you. So I'm imagining that if you were close enough to a wrestling fan, that love does get into your pores, not deep. It doesn't necessarily get into your heart, but I think somewhere you can understand that underlying feeling. Yeah, and I, and I think for those people, they have to be open and creative as well, right? I mean, yes. unfortunately, there's a lot of closed. Some of the some of the executives that I'm talking about are closed-minded people that just aren't accepting and not open 
to understanding the popularity of something. And and again, that's ignorance on them. But I feel like, you know, the people that you're talking about, like a spouse, a spouse loves that person, right? They, all right. So if I love this person and I believe in this person and I'm loyal to this person and they are, they're this passionate and love this form of entertainment so much. Well, then there's, let me understand why I want to, I want to know why, because this poor, this person is important to me. So what's important to them, I want to understand it. And I think that's why you get a lot of spouses that may not have been fans, but now slowly but surely are becoming fans. And, and Right. And we're, we're talking about emotional issues. And let's talk about the emotion that initially drew you into pro wrestling. I mean, this is a pro wrestling podcast. So let's talk a little bit about wrestling. What were, who were the wrestlers? And what were the matches that made you into the fan you are today that formed you? I'll never forget. I was at my buddy Jeff's house and I was 10 or 11 years old at the time. And he was watching Georgia Championship Wrestling. And I had never watched wrestling before. And he asked me, he said, "Um, are you a wrestling fan? Do you watch wrestling? And I said, no, isn't that fake? And he said, no. He goes, this is the NWA. This is real. You're thinking of the WWF. That's fake. And I didn't know anything about what's this, what's that. So I, I was like, oh, okay. I, I guess, you know, so I started watching just strictly Georgia Championship Wrestling on Saturdays. And, and I, you were young enough, I guess, that if Tommy Rich and Buzz Sawyer were brawling in an alley, you didn't really question why there happened to be a camera there. Exactly. Like at the beginning, then obviously the more you watch it, the more you start to understand it. But it's funny you brought up Buzz Sawyer and Tommy Rich because the first person I ever saw on my TV at that, at that day was Tommy wildfire rich. And at the time I want to say it was about nine. It was the early eighties. It was right after Van Halen's, uh, fair warning had come out. My brother was a big Van Halen fan. I was like, man, that guy looks like the singer from Van Halen. And then they went to a commercial break and then Gordon Soley's interviewing Buzz Sawyer and Buzz Sawyer screaming and yelling spits coming. And I had never seen anything like that. Like right at that moment, I was just connected with it. And then the show ends, like you said, with Tommy Rich and Buzz Sawyer brawling and you know, Gordon Soley signs off from the show and they're still fighting. I'm like, what is this? And, you know, I had to tune in. The next now there's week. a cliffhanger. Yes. I mean, Bill Watts, when I, I spoke to him about his booking style, you have cliffhangers. So the show interrupts. And if you're at a certain age, you think you're going to turn on next week. And that role is going to has been continuing for the duration of the week. Yes, that's that's like that's your your mindset when you're young. But it was really also the wrestling magazines. When I discovered the wrestling magazines, that's when that opened up my eyes and my mind to all these other different wrestling organizations and shows. And that was just like when my fandom went to a completely next level. Now it wasn't just 90 minutes once a week. Now it was this entire world of pro wrestling. Let's talk about... um as a host of Busted Open Radio, who are some of the most memorable interview subjects you've had on the show? Well, I mean, for me, 
you know, talking to somebody like a Ric Flair who I grew up, you know, just that was to me, he was the end all be all was the nature boy, Ric Flair. So actually to be able to conduct an interview with Ric Flair, that meant a lot to me. But now it's more about the personal connections. Um, You were a part of the town hall with MJF to speak to MJF just before a huge title match. That's probably going to be the match of his career and to get that personal perspective of that. Those are the type of interviews I like a Shotzi Blackheart, you know, or, or somebody like where you're getting like that personal connection or a different side of who that person is outside of just the character they portray a Gigi Dolan where she's telling us the story of her childhood. So now there is that personal connection on emotional level. Like those are the type of interviews I probably enjoy the most. And also what makes busted open unique is that you're there and your co-hosts are pro wrestlers. And so they can give the in-ring perspective, but before they veer off, they have a civilian to kind of sometimes rein them in or say, wait a second, explain that for those of us who've never bumped in the ring. And I don't know if that chemistry came about organically or that's something you engineered. No, that's something I engineered. And it, and it first kind of started with a conversation that I had with Bully Ray about, you know, taking the show to the next level because at the beginning, it was just two fans talking pro wrestling. And I was like, wow, what a great dynamic to actually have a performer, a Hall of Famer, and a fan. And that's the beauty of the chemistry because you have the performer and you have the fan. I'm, I am not, you know, no disrespect, I'm not a Dave Meltzer. I'm not a journalist. I am a fan. And I give the fans perspective. Now, dealing with Hall of Famers every day, my fandom kinds of change as far as like, getting to see things that I probably wouldn't normally see as a fan. But at the end of the day, I'm still just a fan. And that's where pro that's where busted open is so relatable because you have fans listening. But what's interesting when I listen to the show is that bully Ray is a fan. Tommy dreamer is a fan. Thunder Rosa and Mark Henry. are fans. So even it doesn't matter whether you're a worker or whether you're a spectator. And that is something you have really brought together. Hence, I think that's why you were being inducted into the Hall of Fame. I'm I'm very honored about that. And the other thing, too, when you talk about all those hosts were fans of Busted Open before they became hosts. So it wasn't like I, I already had a relationship with all of them through this show already. So I think that brings a, a really great dynamic as well. Right. And so Busted Open has become an institution in its own right. Well, I appreciate that. That means a lot to me. Thank you. Because you already had built-in fans who were wrestlers and then became part of the show. Yeah. Dave, this is an honor you well deserve. Thank you. Uh, I think everybody listening here appreciates appreciates you, appreciates the show, and uh, we'll be celebrating knowing that Dave LaGreca, who is a Hall of Famer in all of our hearts, now will actually have a Hall of Fame plaque to show off to his wife among his other... And a ring, and a ring that I'll just wear every single minute of the rest of my life. And Keith, this is truly an honor because you know how much I respect and love you. 
Um, so to be able to be a part of this with you interviewing me meant a lot. Thank you so much. And, and it means a lot to me to be elevated to the point as a wrestling journalist that I've been chosen to do this. So it's a mutual love. Te presentamos a Alex. Ella acaba de descubrir el centro de visión de Walmart. Ahora hago mis diligencias en un solo lugar. ¿Compras? ¿Lentes? Walmart. ¿Decoraciones? Walmart. Y lo mejor es que aceptan la mayoría de seguros, así que ahorro tiempo y dinero. Bienvenido a un cuidado de visión más fácil. Bienvenido a tu Walmart. Se aplican restricciones. Visita walmart.com para más detalles. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just $15 a month, go to mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. That's mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. Cut your wireless bill to $15 a month at mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 